With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. When I watched In the Heights, there was one dancer who was so mesmerizing that it actually felt as though the camera bent toward her in every scene. Her name is Ilia Jessica Castro, and her story is amazing. She did not start dancing until she was 18 years old, virtually unheard of for a professional dancer. She came up through Alvin Ailey, got her first big professional dance job as a Nick City dancer, where she also got a crash course in the business of dance. And she has toured with a ton of artists, including Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, and Rihanna. She has danced in The Wiz Live, The Greatest Showman, and Honey, where she was Jessica Alba's dance double. This episode is about dance, yes, but it is also about believing that it is never too late to start. Jessica, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. It is incredible to me, given that I have caught you now in the place where you are, where you have made this your profession, you are extremely successful, you have found various ways to pursue this love. You did not start dancing in a real way until you were 19, which for those of you who are not dancers, that is unheard of. I mean, were you dancing around your house in Hartford, Connecticut? Yes. You know, I've always, I I say this, you know, I had a late start and um, I think when you're a dancer, you kind of know you're a dancer in a way, you know, I would put little performances on for my family. They would always ask me to dance. I would do, you know, the local talent shows in town. Um, I'd gather my friends in the neighborhood and make up routines. I was that kid who would, you know, back in the day when we had VHS, would record all the music videos and learn all the dance steps from all the videos. 
And so, you know, I, I started taking classes here and there in Hartford. But when I moved to New York, that's... To go to FIT. Yeah, to go to FIT, I started... Uh, okay, so I came to New York because I knew I wanted to be in New York. I honestly didn't know why. I just knew that New York was calling me. I applied to FIT and I started on my journey to get my associates uh, at textile development and marketing. <laughs> at the time, I was working at Banana Republic and a friend of mine who we became friends, we met at Banana Republic, she used to dance for Dance Theater of Harlem. And I asked her, where I could take uh, dance classes. And she, and she told me, you know, you should try Broadway Dance Center. And, you know, there are other studios in New York. And so I started taking classes at Broadway Dance Center. I started taking all these beginner classes, beginner ballet, beginner jazz, beginner hip hop. And one day uh, we crossed paths at BDC. And uh, she saw me in this beginner ballet class and she waited for me after class and she was like, Jessica, you have really natural lines. And I didn't understand what she meant at the time. And she said, I think you should audition for the Alvin Ailey Summer Intensive. And I looked at her and I thought, Lisa, no way. I mean, that's Alvin Ailey. Like who in their right mind just auditions for the Summer Intensive at Alvin Ailey? And she said, trust me, Jessica, you should audition. I promise you, they'll, they'll put you in the level that you need to be in. So I did. I got accepted. And it was that summer where I fell in love truly and for the first time with dance. And I realized that this is what I wanted to do. One of the first jobs you have as a professional dancer is as a Knicks dancer. And I wonder, I mean, I think we've all sort of seen these women perform. Can you give us a sense of what a day is like, what a week is like in the life of one of those dancers? Before the season starts, you learn a certain amount of numbers, right? We would go in eight-hour rehearsal days and learn two to three numbers a day. You know, these numbers about a minute and a half. And I know for those that don't understand dance or aren't dancers, don't really understand, you know, you think to yourself, a minute and a half, that's nothing. But... <laughs> A minute and a half of choreography is a lot of information to absorb in a matter of minutes, hours. The New York Knicks City Dancer was probably, for me, someone who was starting so late, the best boot camp I could have ever asked for as a professional dancer. It allowed me to understand how to dance in front of a crowd of 20,000 people a night formations, how to put makeup on, how to network, how to just almost like dive into this professional working environment. And I remember being surrounded by, in the, on the team, there's a sisterhood that happens. And I just remember these women kind of, I was so green you know, this was my first job. I, I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know anything about anything about anything. And these women kind of just took me in under their wings and really mentored me and really fully almost gave me the cliff notes of what I should expect and what was expected of me in this environment. 
So I'm grateful for the years that I was able to be a part of such an amazing team. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? (laughs) They do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. How do you then make the leap to performing with Rihanna, performing with Beyonce? I mean, what did that require of you? You know, I took everything that I learned from being on the Knicks with me to every other platform. Again, when I started on the Knicks, it was a time where there weren't dance agencies representing dancers. So for me, my story is kind of rare. Um, This was at a time where it was, these auditions were happening word of mouth. And because I, this sisterhood that kind of took me in, we all had each other's back. So when these auditions came into town, you know, when Hi-Hat came into town, Tina Landon, I mean, Tina Landon's worked with Prince, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, you know, when Fatima Robinson would come into town, these were all auditions that were word of mouth. So we would, you know, it was like telephone. It was like someone would call me and then I would call someone else to tell them about this audition. And then we would end up at this audition. And, and, and you know, I was very blessed very early on in my career to work with all these names that are so iconic in the dance world, in the choreography world. They opened the doors for me and so many others to be able to work with artists like Rihanna, Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Black Eyed Peas, along with the other films that I've you know, worked on in in TV shows and live award shows. And and then going back, what really prepared me, honestly, was 
the women that were able to mentor me and kind of almost guide me in a way where, you know, they were like, okay, you want to do this, but you don't want to do this. <laughs> Wait, give me an example of yeah. what one of these do this, not that was. So it was my first time working with Tina Landon, 1999. <laughs> 1999, she hired me. It was, uh, she was a choreographer, creative director was Jamie King. And it was, uh, she hired me for the 1999 MTV Music Awards with Ricky Martin. And this was the time where, you know, it was like living la vida loca was out. And it was, you know, the, the biggest, probably one of the biggest hits that year. Again, this is, this was honestly my first job after leaving the New York Knicks. And at that time, I still felt very green and being able to be in a room with Tina Landon was just like mind blowing, right? So I remember being in rehearsal and, you know, I was just full out, just big and full out. And I remember we were rehearsing Shaker Bonbon. And that whole routine is literally, you're shaking your hips throughout the entire routine. And so I remember once we were done, rehearsing and learning the choreography, she pulled me inside and she looked me in the face and she said, Jessica, you're working too hard. And I kind of looked at her and, you know, confused and also like sad and mortified and just, you know, thinking that I literally disappointed this, this amazing artist. And she said, you have to remember when you're performing, you have to find your moment in the performance to breathe and to bring dynamic to your performance. She was like, it's not always about being full out. It's about understanding how to pace yourself. Literally, that little seed, that little gem has carried, I've carried that with me throughout my years. And it's something now that I literally verbatim say to my students and anyone who is in the rehearsal room with me. You know, it's not just about being full out. It's about really understanding the craft. It's about really understanding who you are as a performer. It's about really understanding the frame you've been given and how to insert yourself in that frame without disrespecting or remixing the choreography, but still allowing your true artist, your artistry to shine within that frame that you've been given. And that's the difference between a student and a real working professional dancer. I also love that because I think it is really applicable to anyone, anywhere, in any environment, which is that if you work in a professional setting, like you do need to know how to pace yourself. And that's hard. <laughs> right. No, that's a very, it's, you know, and it's something right now where I find myself saying exactly what you just said a lot because, um, with the growth of social media, you know, uh, I feel like we're all stars in our own right. And, you know, social media is such a beautiful thing. And then there's, there are other things about social media that obviously I could do without. But I think right now, as an artist, being able to understand how to work as a unit is extremely important. Understanding the importance of being a part of the ensemble, right? Being part of the team is important. And then understanding who you are as an artist and as a star is also important. So there are so many roles that you have to understand how to play, how to put yourself, how to, once you're put in the spotlight, how to take ownership of that 
and then how to understand how to be a part of the bigger vision. Jessica, I do follow you on social media and I love watching you dance. I also love watching you develop choreography. And I wonder if you could take us through your process sort of from inspiration to execution yeah. of how you how you put a piece together. So to be really honest with you, I've always been asked, Jess, do you want to be a choreographer? And I would always say no. <laughs> Even though back in Hartford, Connecticut, you were in your own living room I know, putting really? together choreography to like a prayer. But it's like I had so much respect for the title choreographer that now when I think about it, I, I allowed that fear of, of not being good enough to hold me back because I, again, I've worked with so many amazing choreographers and it's that imposter syndrome that kind of peeks through at times, right? Where you're like, there's no way I could ever be as good as that person or that person. So really my journey as a choreographer started when I was asked to be an assistant and then an associate because in order to see how other people work and how other artists create, being an artist is, is saying, you know what? This is my heart and I'm going to put it out there. And if you want to stomp on it, that's okay. And if you want to join me, that's okay as well. It's being in a place where you're so vulnerable. You literally open yourself up to whatever it is that's going to come back to you and being okay with it. My process is very simple. Whenever I'm asked, to choreograph, whether it's a film or a music video or a live performance, I have to ask myself, all right, what's the story, right? What's the beginning? What's the middle? And what's the end? And how do I tell this story through movement? I'm not one to create movement for movement's sake. I kind of, it has to be rooted in something for me. And then once I develop what this story is, right? Literally writing out what this story is to me, how I see it, I then listened to the music over a thousand times, right? I listened to everything. I listened to the melody. I listened to the beats under the beat, under the beat, under the beat. And I formed these pictures in my head, right? Ah, first verse, I see this. Second verse, I see this. Or if it's a picture, maybe it's not a picture. It's a groove. Maybe it's not a groove. Whatever it is that will carry me through. Once I have that, I start breaking up the choreography in sections. And what I will do is once I start getting it, getting it up on its feet, I'll start with grooves, right? With just simple grooves. What, what is the music saying to me right now? Because the music never lies. The music will always dictate what the movement should be. And then the moment that I feel it's right, oh, I feel it. I feel it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. We're not changing it. <laughs> that's it. Again, though, it brings everything so full circle. I mean, it's the same as you being in that Broadway Dance Center class at 19 when anyone else could have said your moment has passed. You just like, you knew. And in your life, you have to, when you know, you know, and you kind of have to trust your gut in those moments. You do, you know, and being an artist is a really scary thing. It's, it, I always say it's like Russian roulette, right? It takes courage because there is no guarantee at the end of the day. Yeah, 25, 26 years ago, when I, when I made that decision, it was very clear to me. 
However, there was an ignorance behind it because I didn't realize that you could actually make money doing this, right? And so for me, it started with the passion and this fire in me that kind of just said, this is what I want to do. Did I know I would be able to make a living doing it? No. So this was a risk. You know, the arguments that I had with my mother, she just didn't understand. You know, she was like, you're so old. How are you going to make money? Like, and she was only saying that because of course, you know, as any Puerto Rican mom, she just wanted to make sure that I was going to be okay. She didn't understand the life of an artist. Honestly, neither did I. Everything I did was for the very first time. But what I did know was that there was something in my spirit that literally was so strong that it led me and I was willing to take that risk. And that's why I say, when you really do follow your dreams, and, it, and, and it's not necessarily, you know, in this realm, whether you're a singer or actor, whatever it is, when you really do decide to follow what it is that you're passionate about, it is risky because there are no guarantees. However, I'm a firm believer that if you work hard and you are consistent, that regardless of where the road may take you, it will take you exactly where you need to be. There will be obstacles. But as long as you're able to grow and learn from these obstacles, you'll get to where you need to be. And I also tell everyone to keep an open mind because sometimes we have this idea of how we're going to do it, when we're going to do it, and how it's going to end up. And that's never the case. That's literally never the case. Your only responsibility is to continue to harness your craft, whatever that is, right? And along the way, you you will be tested. And so those who stand the test of time will be the ones that will relish in all of the work that they've put into it thus far. Jessica, you are so gifted and you are such a gift. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Oh my God, thank you. Thank you as always for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. Kojin Tashiro is our associate sound designer and mix this episode. We love hearing from you. It makes our day. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. Tweet us at latinatolatina. Check out our merchandise that is on our website, latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember, please subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you are listening right now. Every time you share this podcast, every time you share an episode, every time you leave a review, it helps us to grow as a community.
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.